With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of the station. Do not use the show's content as the basis for any investment decisions. Instead, consult a financial advisor or conduct your own due diligence. Rick Edelman is an investment advisor representative of Edelman Financial Services, a registered investment advisor which furnishes this program and also a registered principal of VF Legacy Securities, an affiliated broker-dealer member FINRA SIPC. Rick recorded this week's show on Thursday, supposedly so he could walk the red carpet at the Oscars. We doubt that, since the Academy prefers that you wear matching socks. Although he took calls from listeners, you're only hearing the ones where he knew the answers, because he's a financial advisor, not Giorgio Armani. This is The Rick Edelman Show. Now, here's Rick Edelman. And a happy weekend for you. Rick Edelman here, and I have a cold. So uh, we're going to get through today's program as best as we possibly can. Won't affect the quality of the advice, however, even though it might affect the quality of my voice. Last week on the program, we, um, okay, we said something startling. We got a bunch of phone calls and emails from folks saying, what? You said what? Let me give you a little bit of background. Uh, Last week on the program, as you probably recall, we were in Dallas. Uh, it was the annual Edelman Financial Services Annual Financial Planner Conference. My colleagues and I get together actually a couple of times a year. This is our what we call the annual conference. I'm not quite sure why because it's a semi-annual thing we do. But anyway, 150-plus uh, of us getting together for several days of uh, me- mo- It's pretty much other than dinner. It's all meetings. Um, and uh, what's going on in the marketplace, what's happening in Capitol Hill, what's going on with the Fed, uh, the macro geopolitical environment. What's the advice we're giving our clients, and how do we make sure that the advice we're giving our clients is the very best we can make it be, and so on. And I presented for you here on the program last week several of my colleagues here at Edelman Financial Services uh, to uh, give you an opportunity to hear what they have to say and their viewpoint and outlook and uh, perspective on financial planning and investment management issues. One of the conversations we had last week had to do with how much money do you need to have saved by the time you retire. And I believe it was Yolanda uh, when this question came up, and I uh, put it to her. I said, you know, how much money do you need to have saved by the time you enter retirement? In other words, if uh, as a multiple of your income, you know, if you want to have $100,000 in income, or 50000 in income, or 80000 in income, or 30000 in income, whatever income you want in retirement, how much money do you have to have saved in a piggy bank in order to be able to generate that income for you? And she said, 20 times. <coughs> and that scream was the reaction of an awful lot of folks listening to the program. And Yana was absolutely correct. In fact, we could even argue, and we did during the conference last week, uh, should the number be 25? For some people, maybe the number should be 15. But the bottom line is, you know, for an awful lot of folks, 20x is a reasonable number. In other words, if you right now earn $100,000 a year and you want to maintain that income to sustain your lifestyle in retirement, 
you need $2 million, 20x, 20 times 100,000. You need $2 million in a piggy bank when you retire. And, uh, you know, here's one email I got from Ralph. And he said, Rick, seriously? They said he was basically, this is going to freak out an awful lot of people. And he asked this very important question. Does this include savings and investments, pensions, Social Security, and other sources of income? That's a really important question, Ralph. And we didn't elaborate on that last week, so let me do it for you here. When we say you need 20x, for example, maybe it's 15x, maybe it's 25x, depending on your situation, that is based on the amount of income you need to generate from your investments. This is important. In other words, let's say you're making 100 grand a year and you want to keep receiving 100 grand a year in retirement. We would say you need $2 million to be able to do that. However, let's say that you receive 40 grand a year from social security, uh, pension income or who knows what, maybe part-time employment, whatever. Let's say that you're getting 40 grand a year from Social Security and whatnot. Well, that means you don't need 100 grand from your investments. You only need 60 grand from your investments. And 20x of 60 isn't $2 million. It's only $1.2 million. And that is an awful lot easier to do than the full 20x on the full income you need. Does that make sense? In other words, the situation might not be nearly as dire as it at first may appear. And here, let me give you a yet another reason the situation may not be so dire. Well, you might not even need the $1.2 million in our hypothetical example. That calculation of 20x assumes that you want to preserve the bulk of that money for your heirs. So I want to ask you a simple question. How do you feel about legacy? In other words, do you look, look at the money you've already got saved up. Do you want that money to still be there 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now so that your children and grandchildren inherit it? Or do you have the attitude, whatever's left, they get. And if I happen to spend it, then so be it. And if they end up with nothing, that's fine with me. Maybe that's your attitude. So you have to decide, because if your attitude is, look, I absolutely positively want this money intact forever, then yeah, you need 20x. But if, on the other hand, your attitude is, you know what, I really don't care if I die broke. I really don't care if my spoiled little rotten grandchildren don't get a big bucket of money when I kick over. Because after all, you've already spent a ton of money on your kids and grandkids, raising them, educating them, getting them off to a good start in life, and you may very well say, I'm done. And if that's the case, you don't need nearly 20x because you don't need to preserve the money for them. So that dramatically further reduces the amount of money you need to start retirement with. So uh, for lots of reasons like that, what are your other sources of income? How important is inheritance to you? Uh, are you married uh, with a spouse financially dependent on you? What about children and grandchildren? What's your attitude about charitable support and community giving? All of these factors contribute to the actual calculation of how much of your current income you need to have saved in a piggy bank by the time you reach retirement. And that is why there is no substitute for meeting with a professional financial planner who can review your total circumstances to see 
if we were crazy last week when we said you need 20x. You might discover that you need 30x. You might discover that you need three. Right? I'll, I'll give you my, my favorite extreme example. Supreme Court justices. In fact, all judges on the federal bench. Do you know what their retirement package is? I think they have to stay on the bench a minimum of one year to qualify. I'm not sure what it is, but it's a relatively short period of time. They must be on the bench. But once they pass that short qualification period, upon retirement, they receive a pension equal to 100% of their pay. Now, these are judges who cannot be fired. They have no mandatory retirement date. So they can work as long as they want, earning their full income. And other than impeachment, there's no way to kick them off the bench. They have to choose to retire. And even then, they continue to receive 100% of their pay upon retirement. Now, that might sound egregious to you. There's a fundamental reason why Congress did that. It's to eliminate any risk of conflict of interest. We wanted basically to say to these judges, don't worry about it. Don't be tempted to quit the bench and go work in the private sector. In fact, don't be tempted to make a ruling that favors the private sector so they one day hopefully will hire you because we're going to give you your income and we're going to pay it to you for life whether you're on the bench or not. So my point in raising this is that for a federal judge, uh, for Supreme Court justices, and we've you know, provided uh, advice and counseling to folks in these positions in the past, the financial planning challenge is really simple for them because they are assured of getting their current income forever. Now, there aren't too many other Americans in that comfortable position, right, financially. So if you're on the other extreme, say that you work uh, in a 100% commission sales job, and if you don't close a sale, you don't get a paycheck, uh, and you have no pension benefit, retirement plan where you work, and you're the sole breadwinner in your family, oh my goodness gracious, you better make sure you're building a big piggy bank because there's no one else to provide you income other than you. So that person, you know, if they have kids and they want to make sure there's a big inheritance for those kids, well, that person, yeah, might be 20x, 25x, 30x of their current income in a piggy bank. So those are the big extremes. Well, how do we narrow it down for you? It's real simple. Meet with a professional financial planner. We can do that for you. We can help you create those calculations to tell you, here's where you are, here's where you want to go, and here's what you need to do to get there. And we can do that for you with surprising ease because we've done it for thousands of folks just like you. So call us at 888-PLAN-REC. That's 888-752-6742. You can uh, visit us online at rickedelman.com. Click that red button. I want to talk to an advisor at ricedelman.com. And let me tell you this as well. This is really important. Retirement saving just got easier. You know why? Well, we all know the challenge, right? What's the big key? What's the number one aspect that's vital in our efforts to save for retirement? No, it's not money. I mean, naturally, that's part of it. How much money are you saving? And you know, it's not where are you investing. You know, it's not picking the investments. So, sure, of course, that's important too. No, what really the most powerful, the most important factor is time. How much time? do you have to save for retirement? Because let's face it, the 20-year-old has a big advantage over the 50-year-old, right? By definition. Unfortunately, as you 50-year-olds know, the 20-year-olds are too stupid to know it. And they're squandering that time. The most common comment people give to me at our seminars is, I wish I started 20 years ago. So time is a very powerful weapon. And here's the good news. You ready? 
According to the International Earth Rotation and Reference Service, this is the international agency that measures our clocks. They're the ones who tell us we've got to do a leap year every four years. Well, this past December 31, they just instituted a leap second. They've added one second to our day. <laughs> giving you a lot of extra time to plan for your retirement. I'm Rick Edelman. This is The Truth About Money. Your phone calls when we come back. 888-PLAN-REC. That's 888-752-6742. You can visit us online as well at ricedelman.com. That's rickedelman.com. Click that red button. I want to talk to an advisor, and we'll be happy to help you like we've helped over 31,000 families and individuals just like you. 888-PLAN-REC. Your call's next on The Rick Edelman Show. the number one national bestseller, The Truth About Retirement Plans and IRAs, coming up on The Rick Edelman Show. Welcome back to the program. I'm Rick Edelman. You're listening to The Rick Edelman Show. We are headed off to Alameda, California. We're talking to Lisa. How you doing, Lisa? What's going on with you? Hi, Rick. Um, I'm wondering if it's better to do Roth contributions or pre-tax contributions at work. Got it. How old are you? 36. And how much money do you earn? Um, 125000 And are you married? No. So I would say, based on your income, uh, the answer is no. You should not do a Roth IRA account. And the reason for that is because of the tax bracket that you're in. Lisa, here's the deal. Because of your marital status and your income, that's why I had to ask both of those numbers, it doesn't look like you're eligible to contribute to either one because the limits for an IRA contribution, the limits are for single people, non-married people, the limit is... $62,000 is when it starts to phase out. In other words, the tax deductibility begins to phase out, and it goes away completely at age 72. Uh, For a Roth IRA, it's higher, but still not high enough. It phases out starting at 118, uh, phases out along the way to 133, 133,000. So you said you're at 125,000. So you might be able to contribute some money to a Roth IRA, but not the full amount. This is my this is my 401k account at work. Oh, okay. Then we don't have to worry about tax that. Tax and Roth. So Got it. I wasn't right. sure which option there is better. Okay. So let's start over then. So when you're asking which should you contribute to, Roth or deductible, you're talking about your 401k at work, yes? Yes. You should choose the deductible. And the reason is that $125,000 of income as, an in, as a single person, you're in a uh, high tax bracket which means that you'll get a big deduction uh, for your contributions to the account. If you were in a low income, meaning a low tax bracket, I would tell you to do the Roth because there wouldn't be a whole lot of benefit to choosing the deductible. But in your case, there's a big benefit. So go ahead and choose the deductible bucket for your 401k at work. No question about it. Okay, great. 
Yeah. So I'm really glad it's, uh, you know, it's so rare that a lot of these questions are uh, really cut and dried, really black and white issues, but this is one of them. So, uh, yeah, do the deductible, contribute the maximum that your boss allows. That's the key Mm -hmm. uh, on a pre-tax basis. And the next big issue is where are you going to contribute the money? What investments that are in the 401k are the ones that you're going to choose? Have you decided how you're going to go about that? Uh, mostly. I have uh, diversified, so I have some in international and some in uh, U.S., but mostly um, the more aggressive options. Good. That's available. exactly what you should do because you're young. You're not going to touch this money for 30 or 40 years, and so that makes an awful lot of sense. If you wanted to, you could error check that and ver- verify and validate your selection by going to our website. Uh, we have this thing on the website called the GPS, the Guide to portfolio selection. And uh, you'll answer a bunch of questions and it'll tell you what your asset allocation ought to be and you can apply that to your 401k choices at work. It's fast, it's fun, and it's free. And it'll help make sure that you are picking a good allocation model based on uh, the answers to the questions that you give. So you might want to go to our website at rickedelman.com and click on the GPS on the main page. That sounds like a great tool. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you for calling. I really appreciate it. I'm Rick Edelman. This is The Truth About Money. Uh, Lissa, age 36, going to experience a lot of changes in her uh, career path. And that's a really big focus of my new book, The Truth About Your Future, the money guide you need now, later, and much later. Because the world is changing in astonishing ways, all due to exponential technologies. So the book talks in great detail about showing you what these exponential technologies are. Big data, robotics, nanotech, 3D printing, artificial intelligence, bioinformatics, uh, bionics, uh, you name it. And what it all means for our personal finances with big chapters on college planning, career planning in particular. And it's really, really important you understand this because the future you're going to have is completely different from the future your parents had, completely different from the future that you think you're going to have. And so I invite you to pre-order a copy of my book, The Truth About Your Future. You can do that at your favorite bookseller right now. The book comes out at the end of March, and we're really excited about it, and I know it's going to be of tremendous value to you as well. The book has gotten lots of advanced praise uh, that has been really, really exciting. Andrew Hessel, uh, the distinguished researcher and fellow with the University of Ottawa and the Institute for for Science, Society, and Policy, calls the book an essential and timely read. Uh, If you pre-order the book today and you let me know by sending me an email, Uh, with a copy of your receipt, send it to book at rickedelman.com. We'll send you a link to a special video as a thank you, and it'll show you why everything you think your future holds is wrong, why it's wrong, and what you need to do to fix it today. The Truth About Your Future comes out in March, and I encourage you to pick up your copy so that you know where your future is headed. This is The Truth About Money, 888-PLAN-RICK, online at ricedelman.com. nation's largest independent investment advisory firms coming up on the rick edelman show and we're back at the rick edelman show yes yours truly here and it's the truth about money thanks for hanging in there we're off to saunders town rhode island 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Mark dialed up, triple eight plan Rick. You can too, seven days a week. What's your question, Mark? How you doing? Hi, Rick. Um, yeah, I actually have a two-part question. The first one is I, I uh, manage the buying and selling of my portfolio with the guidance of a financial uh, planner, a fee-only planner. Mm-hmm. And my portfolio requires about 50% bonds. Um, it's time for me to rebalance, and I need more bonds. And... Um, I guess I'm a little bit leery about buying additional bonds, short and intermediate term bonds, uh, given the fact that the interest rate is on the rise. Um, My uh, advisor suggested that uh, I could buy individual bonds or bond funds, and to me, either one is almost a guaranteed uh, sure loss in this uh, rising interest rate uh, environment. I'm, I'm wondering what what you might say and, and if there's any alternatives to to that. Well, I don't agree with your premise, uh, first of all. Uh, so let's start there because I think that the alternative to avoid your concern is could be worse. You know, the cure could be worse than the uh, disease. So here's the deal. We know that when interest rates change, so does the value of bonds. And they have an inverse relationship, sort of like opposite ends of a seesaw. One goes up, the other goes down. So if you think interest rates are going up, and well, they are, they started in December and the Fed says they're going to keep raising rates. So if interest rates are going to go up on one end of the seesaw, bonds are going to go down on the other end of the seesaw. So interest rates go up, bond values go down. But not all bonds are created equally. Bonds vary based on their maturity date, or a more technical phrase, duration. A 30-year maturity has much bigger swing in value due to interest rates than a 30-day bond, right? So picture a 30-year bond is on the very edge of that seesaw. A 30-day bond is dead center at the middle of that seesaw. So when you picture a seesaw going up and down, the very edge has a wild swing in height, whereas the center of the seesaw barely moves. So our solution, if we're fearful of rising rates, our solution is to avoid 30-year maturities. And that's why we recommend 
three-year, five-year, seven-year maturity. Stay shorter, intermediate, because they don't swing very much in value. So I would argue with you that even if rates continue to rise, you may not see much of a decline in the value of those bonds. And since the market tends to move in anticipation of government action, you could find that the prices of the bonds have already been adjusted in advance of Fed action, meaning that by the time the Fed does raise rates further, the bonds might not fall in value at all. In fact, if the market has overreacted and did too much of a move, by the time there's a Fed action, the bond might actually rise in value because of uh, it's correcting its prior e error. So don't necessarily assume that another rate increase will necessarily precipitate a decline in bonds or that the decline in bonds will necessarily be huge. Also keep in mind that the seven-year bond is paying a higher rate of interest than the 30-day bond, which means even if it does decline in value, you're being protected by the fact you're earning higher interest on it, which provides a bit of a buffer. For all of those reasons, it doesn't bother us to have our clients in three-year, five-year, seven-year paper. So is there any um, any thought on uh, holding, if you buy a, an individual bond and your plan is to hold it until maturity versus buying a bond fund? Yeah, that's one thing that people do note. Uh, I'm glad you did. That, you know what, if I just hold this thing to maturity, I guarantee to get my money back, and who cares about interest rate risk? Well, there's uh, two flaws in that theory. Actually, three, now that I think about it. First flaw you have to hold the bond to maturity. Uh, and in the meantime, you're earning less interest than you could be by switching to a new bond that pays more. So you have opportunity cost. That's the first problem. Second problem, even though you, in, you plan to hold the bond to maturity, guess what? Life gets in the way, and you may discover you need the cash. And if you do, forcing you to sell the bond, you'd be selling it at a loss, defeating the purpose. That, those are the first two problems. Third problem, diversification. How much money do you have and how many bonds can you really go buy? Whereas if you put your money into a bond fund, you'll own hundreds, even thousands of bonds. The diversification can help reduce the risk of default should something happen to any one of those issuers. So those are three reasons why I think a fund of bonds is our preferred approach compared to buying individual bonds. Okay. Terrific, Rick. Thank you very much for that advice. You're very welcome, Mark. I'm really glad you asked. And, you know, Mark's illustrating the astonishing complexity of investing today. Um, should I choose stocks or bonds? And if I'm going to choose one, do I buy the security directly or do I buy it through a fund? And if I'm going to buy the direct security, which security do I buy? If I'm going to buy the fund, which fund do I buy? And and, and, and. And, you know, so we generally discover that there are two kinds of investors. And you have to decide which of the two you are. The first is what we call a do-it-yourselfer, a DIY. Uh, this is a person who has the time, the knowledge, and the desire to do it on their own. And statistically, the industry tells us that's about a third of the investing public you know, anywhere between 20-30% or so of the investing public does it on their own. They have the knowledge, they know what they're doing, 
they have the time and it takes quite a bit of time to do this research and record keeping and all that. And they have the desire. It's like a hobby for them. They enjoy doing it. The other 70 or 80 percent of the American public are delegators. They're not do-it-yourselfers. These are folks who lack one of those three attributes. They either don't have the knowledge or they don't have the time or they don't have the desire. Uh, they lack one of those three. Sometimes they lack all three of them. And those are the folks who hire financial planners, uh, someone to say, look, I, I understand this. I just don't like it or I don't have the time for it. I'd rather be spending my time doing other things and I'm going to delegate the chore to you. And so you need to decide which of the two camps you prefer. It's not a question of right or wrong, unless, frankly, you think you're competent and, in fact, you're not, or uh, you think you're willing to delegate, but, in fact, you end up micromanaging the planner and making both of you miserable. So assuming you pick correctly, there's no right or wrong. You just have to decide which camp you belong in best, ideally suited, not just you, but also your spouse, uh, to make sure that the two of you are happy with the approach that the two of you are taking. And uh, you'll discover that financial advisors like me you know, here at Edelman Financial Services, we, um, we serve the, the delegator. You know, so it's, um, it's not right or wrong. It's a question of serving uh, a segment of the investing public who needs the services and the advice provided. So it's entirely up to you. If you feel that you want to explore the idea of delegating some of those chores that you are currently burdened with, call us. 888-PLAN-REC. That's 888-752-6742. You can visit us online as well at ricedelman.com. That's rickedelman.com. While you're there, you can register for our seminar, Preparing for Retirement. Uh, in this seminar, we cover three important subjects for you. How to manage the money in your IRAs and your retirement accounts at work. How to generate the income you need in retirement from those accounts. Also, how to manage your Social Security. Yeah, Choosing when to start your Social Security benefits, the impact, spousal benefits, divorce benefits, widow benefits, benefits for your children. Social Security, ridiculously complicated. It's important that you handle it right to maximize the benefits available to you. And finally, your family and heirs. Making sure you understand how to protect your assets while you're alive and how to pass your assets to your spouse and children the way that you want it to happen. So beneficiary designations is a really big thing. These three subjects covered in a fast 90 minutes, your retirement accounts and IRAs, Social Security, and family and heirs. We're doing the seminar this Tuesday and Wednesday at 7 p.m. in White Plains, Uniondale, and Morristown, New York, in Columbia and Towson, Maryland, in Fairfax and Leesburg, Northern Virginia, and then again on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, March 7, 8, 9, all at 7 p.m., all over the country, Boca Raton, and Aventura, Woodland Hills Garden Grove, Mount Laurel and Warrington, Troy and Ann Arbor, Concord and Sunnyvale, Salt Lake City, Mesa, McLean, Bethesda, Beltsville, Leesburg, Burlington, Raynham, Natick, Altamont Springs, Pasadena, Santa Monica, you name it, we're going to bring the seminar to you. Go online to rickedelman.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And get the full seminar schedule. You can register online, $15 a person, $25 a couple. You can do it over the phone as well, a triple eight plan wreck. I'm Rick Edelman. Stay with us. We'll be back. 
For more information on what you need to do now, go to rickedelman.com. That's rickedelman.com. Welcome back to the program, Triple H Plan Rick, rickedelman.com. We're off to Honey Oi, New York. Linda, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm good, Rick. How are you? Terrific. What can I do for you? Well, I'm, I have a dilemma here that I can't seem to think my way through. I have been a registered nurse for over 30 years now, and i got to tell you, I'm, I'm getting tired here. Mm. And I'm looking at, uh, I'll be 62 in March, and I'm looking at, should I take my retirement early and start enjoying life, or should I suck it up and go to 66.2? What's the difference in income between 62 and 66.2? At 62, I'd be getting uh, $1,431 a month. And at, at six, 66.2, I'd be getting $2,152 a month. So you're going to get about 50% more waiting another four years. Mm-hmm. Okay. What other savings and investments do you have set aside? How much money? Well, I actually have a pension. Uh, that I'm getting. I'm actually collecting on that now. It's about $18,000 a year. Okay. Now, this $1,400 um, a month you're talking about, that's monthly, correct? $1,400 a month? That's monthly. Got correct. it. And in addition to that pension, you have this other pension of 18000 Correct. Got it. And uh, are you married? I am. And was there any income uh, from your husband? There is. He makes about $40,000 a year. Okay. What's his age? He is... 58. And is he going to continue working even if you retire right now? He says he is. Okay. Or you're going to kill him, right? If he doesn't, that's a Exactly. (laughs) I also have two very small pensions um, totaling about $240 monthly, but I can't start collecting those till 65. Got it. So uh, what are the total expenses in the household? How much money do you and your husband spend monthly? Well, the house is paid off. Mm-hmm. It's worth about $250,000. Probably mm-hmm. our biggest expense is taxes in New York. Um, probably paying about $7,500 a year in property taxes. So give me total all the food, uh, clothing, entertainment, gasoline, utilities. How much money do you spend monthly or annually? Uh, five. Uh, let me look at my budget sheet here. I actually have one that averages out. Um, we spend about, uh, about $1,500 a month. Okay, so about 1500 bucks a month. We do that times 12, and you're spending about eighteen grand a year. Um, that's a really small number because your pension, as you said, is 18000 the same number. You're getting eighteen okay. grand in income, and you're spending, between you and your husband, only eighteen grand. Right? Yeah, we live pretty frugally. In other words, whether you get a pension check, an additional pension check of 1400 a month or 2100 a month, it doesn't make any difference. It's free cash either way. That's what it, you're, it pretty much is. That's what you're telling me, right? Well, that's what I, I'm kind of telling you. But And then I have a, another dilemma that kind of ties in with this. What? Is um, the place I'm... I'm they're not contributing. They actually just took that away from me. But I'm contributing about $700 a month into, I guess it's a 403B. Yeah. There's about $24,000 in that right now. Okay. 
And I'm just thinking, would that, because I would like to eventually, because he's still working, we can't make a permanent move, but I'd kind of like to purchase a property down in Florida. Worry about that later. Here's the deal. Let's not make this overly complicated, okay? Okay. You asked me a really simple question. Let's start with what truly matters to you. What's truly mattering to you is that you are burned out at your job. Pretty much. Well, that's I'm actually partic- working two jobs. I'm actually working two. And you're talking about quitting both of them, yes? Yes. So you ask the question, can I afford to? That's the question. Yes. The answer is yes. Turn in your resignation on Monday. <laughs> resignation? I love it. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Now, that is not the most profitable decision to make. It's not the wealth accumulation decision to make. In other words, if you quit now, you get 1400 a month. If you work another four years, you get 50% more than that. But that wasn't the question you asked. You didn't say, how do I maximize my pension benefit? That wasn't the question. The question you said to me was, I'm burning out. Can I afford to quit? And based on the information you've given me, the answer is yes. If the only reason you're working is to earn a paycheck, you need to stop working. Simple as that. Now, what about relocating to Florida? That's an entirely separate conversation. It's academic right now because you can't relocate to your husband's job. The point in the future is that I'm willing to bet that, yes, you will be able to because real estate in Florida is much less than real estate in New York. You'll be able to sell your home in New York, use that money to replace it with a home in Florida, probably either a bigger, better home or a smaller, cheaper one. Either way, economically, you'll be fine. Now, with everything I just said, does that all sound pretty exciting, right, Linda? You're feeling pretty good at this point, aren't you? I'm feeling pretty good. But let me give you the one caveat and the one solution to the caveat. Here's the caveat. I'm willing to bet that you haven't given me all of the facts and figures on an accurate, complete basis. Okay. You think that's possibly true? You mean you think I underestimated our monthly income or no. monthly outgo? Yeah, I think maybe so. Um And I also would love to talk to your husband directly about his attitude, about his income and his expenses and his attitude about working for another six years or whatever. In other words, there's information I don't yet have because this was only a two-minute radio conversation. It wasn't a two-hour private one-on-one meeting. So for that reason, I would like to arrange for you and your husband to come in and talk with us so that we can spend a couple of hours together. And here's the good news. You ready for this? I I can use good news all the time. You're a nurse. I am. Edelman Financial Services, my company, we provide free financial planning for nurses. That's awesome. We do this because my wife and Jean and I love nurses, and we, we work with the American Nursing Association and a bunch of other nursing uh, groups, and we created the Edelman Center for Nursing at Inova Hospital Foundation many years ago, uh, where we sponsor an annual conference of nurses attended by over 600 nurses, uh, and we do all kinds of stuff for nurses, and one of the things we like to do for nurses is free financial planning. So anybody who's a nurse or was a nurse, all you got to do is call us and say, hey, I'm a nurse. Hey, I'm married to a nurse. Hey. I used to be a nurse and we will do we normally charge 800 bucks for this financial plan but we'll do it for you for free because we love nurses and it's our way of saying thank you to the work you do that is frankly so difficult that it's burned you out at age 62 it has it's been you know it's I I love it but I gotta say I, I am exhausted understood it's a very physically demanding job and let's face it an emotionally demanding one as well and so for that's why we love to support nurses and so 
Call us. Let's schedule a time for you to get together with one of my colleagues, and we'll take care of this planning and get the accurate data of can you retire, can you retire now, what are your husband's intentions, how much money are you really spending monthly, and when can the two of you head to sunny Florida? Oh, my God, that would be awesome. There you go. I am totally on board. Okay. So just call the same number you called here today, 888-PLAN-RICK, and say, hey, I'm a nurse, and that's all you got to do. Okay, so it's one eight eight eight. Eight eight eight, plan Rick. I will do that. Okay, thank you so Rick, much for calling. You. Oh, thank you so much. You're very welcome, and thanks for everything you've done for all your patients all these years. I'm Rick Edelman. Before we go to a break, I want to give you a fast statistic: four trillion dollars. That's how much Arc believes. That's a mutual fund company. That's how much money they believe the mobility as a service industry is going to be worth in just five years. $4 trillion, mobility as a service. You don't know what I'm talking about? Uber. That's what I'm talking about. $4 trillion, five years from now, that's the future. Learn more about it in my book, The Truth About Your Future. You can pre-order it now at your favorite bookseller. 888-PLAN-RICK, we're happy to help you. We're online at rickedelman.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Rick Edelman. Stay with us for more. Providing personal finance advice for over 25 years. This is The Rick Edelman Show. This is The Rick Edelman Show. Now, here's Rick Edelman. Welcome back to the program. Rick Edelman here. We haven't talked about Wells Fargo in a while. You thought I forgot about them, didn't you? No, 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 no. Well, the saga continues. You know, with all the big scandal with Wells Fargo having paid a $185 million fine for having opened millions of fake credit card accounts and bank accounts, people are wondering, well, didn't Wells Fargo have auditors? Didn't they have compliance staffs come in and do inspections at the branches to see if the branches were behaving properly? And the answer is yes, they did. However, according to the Wall Street Journal, Wells Fargo managers and employees typically had at least 24 hours warning that the company's inspectors were coming. 
giving them the opportunity to cover up their improper practices, according to the Wall Street Journal. More than a dozen employees of the bank from California to New Jersey say that they forged signatures on documents when they found out the auditors were coming or they shredded papers so that nobody could find out that it was happening. Uh, Meanwhile, um, we've been hearing about municipal bond bankruptcies. Um, Puerto Rico has been blowing up all around us. We've got Illinois threatening bankruptcy. Dallas says they might have to go into bankruptcy because they have unfunded pension liabilities and, frankly, their debts exceed their income. Well, guess who you have not heard about? The U.S. Virgin Islands. Population 100,000. They have a budget deficit of $110 million. Population 100,000. That's an awful lot of money for an awful small group of people. And in the past two months, they tried to raise $220 million, and they failed. Nobody wanted to buy the bonds. Moody's says that U.S. Virgin Islands is a junk jurisdiction, junk bond status. But one of the attractions of buying bonds issued by the U.S. Virgin Islands is that the interest is free of state income taxes. And as a result, U.S. mutual funds have invested a billion dollars into bonds issued by the Virgin Islands, according to Morningstar. US, you might own a tax-free fund. Do you? Do you own a tax-free muni bond fund? Do you know what is inside it? It might very well be bonds issued by the Virgin Islands, which might be going worthless. By the way, do you know the mutual fund that has the highest portion of its portfolio invested in U.S. Virgin Islands? It's the Wisconsin Tax-Free Fund. The what? Well, you say we try that one again, huh? (laughs) Yeah, the the Wisconsin Tax-Free Fund? Why would a Wisconsin... Wouldn't a Wisconsin Tax-Free Fund be buying bonds from Wisconsin? Why would a Wisconsin Tax-Free Fund be buying bonds from the Virgin Islands? Because the interest is tax-free, even though it's not from the state of Wisconsin. Well, that fund according to Morningstar, has more than 8% of its assets held in bonds issued by the Virgin Islands. Oh, by the way, guess the company that issued the Wisconsin tax-free fund. You guessed it. Wells Fargo. (laughs) I mean, just talk about, I mean, they they just can't seem to get anything right, can they? Well, the news this week is that Wells Fargo now months, was it six months? After the scandal broke and they paid the $185 million fine, they have now fired, this past week, four senior managers. They fired their chief risk officer. They fired their retail banking executive, their consumer credit executive, and their strategy and finance executive. All four of these executives held responsible for the sales practices that led to the debacle facing Wells Fargo. Will it be enough to turn them around ethically, morally? Time will tell. We're going to have to wait and see. One of the things we are not going to have to wait very long for is what's going on with your future. The future is fast approaching. And as our good friend Yogi Berra is famous for saying, the future ain't what it used to be. For a very simple reason, you've heard me talking about this for a number of years here on the program, exponential technologies And we have to recognize that technology, due to Moore's Law, you're familiar with Moore's Law, right? The cost of computers falls in half every two years. The power of computers doubles every two years, so they get twice as good at half the cost every couple of years. And this exponential 
growth in capacity, in capability, is driving innovation like we have never seen in humankind history. We're talking about things like robotics, big data, 3D printing, medicine and neuroscience, nanotechnology, bionics, bioinformatics, financial technology, education technology. All of this changing dramatically virtually every aspect of life on our planet. This year is the 10th anniversary. It's kind of shocking. I'm going to tell you this, and you're going to say, wow, it's hard to believe. This is the 10th anniversary of the iPhone. Can you believe that that thing is only 10 years old? Can you remember life before the iPhone? It's hard to envision. Today, we have 300,000 people in the United States, according to the Department of Labor, earning 100,000 a year on average, making apps for iPhones. 300,000 people making 100 grand a year engaged in a business that literally didn't exist 10 years ago. On the other hand, let's look at travel agents. When's the last time you talked to one? Right? Now what do you do? You go to one of those apps. You buy your ticket for your airline. You book your hotel room. You book your dinner reservation with an app. So people who used to earn a living as a travel agent, many of them are out of work. And oh, by the way, the average salary for travel agents is about a third of the average salary of smartphone app developers. So is technology necessarily a bad thing? Not always. But it does mean something important. Disruption. It means that the way we've been doing things is changing. Changing in fundamental ways. One of the best examples I can give you is Kodak. Kodak, 135-year-old business, one of the best brand names on the planet. More than 100,000 employees, responsible for almost the entire film processing business. Do you remember the days when you went on vacation, took your camera, and you had 12 photographs you were allowed to take? That was it. When you took those 12 photographs, you were done. So you had to be really, really careful. Is this the shot that I want? Because there might be a better shot coming up tomorrow. And oh, by the way, when you took that shot, you couldn't check it to see if it came out the way that you wanted. If you wanted to take more than 12 shots, you had to go buy more film. It became expensive to take photographs. And then you had to pay a fee to develop the film. Assuming you didn't ruin it and expose it to sunlight along the way, ruining the whole thing. And then you had to wait several days to get the photographs, and they gave you one copy. Can you imagine living in such an archaic society? Today, of course, you take as many photographs as you want. They're all free. They're all instantaneous, and you can copy them and share them whenever you want with whoever you want with millions, billions of people, which people do now online. How far we've come in a short period. But here's the fascinating part. Kodak went bankrupt because film processing is gone. Nobody pays for film anymore. Nobody pays for film cameras anymore. And Kodak went broke. And the most fascinating aspect is this. The year Kodak went broke, Instagram, with 13 employees, and only a couple of years old, was sold for a billion dollars. Using technology invented by Kodak. 
Yeah, most people don't realize Kodak invented digital photography. Why didn't Kodak make a business out of it? Because of their infrastructure. They had all these factories manufacturing film, creating all the film processing at your local supermarket and drugstore and, and uh, one-hour photo stores and so on. They had a huge infrastructure built in. They couldn't just turn that off and convert it to digital. And they became archaic. They became dinosaurs, and they were gone. Filing bankruptcy and Instagram, 13 kids, suddenly worth a billion-dollar business. Pretty amazing, isn't it? That's disruption. When's the last time you looked for a job by buying the daily newspaper and looking in the want ads? You don't do that anymore. You go online, right? Disruption. And what we have to recognize is that this, this disruption is going to affect virtually every aspect of our lives. It's going to affect how you pay for and attend college, the career you're in, and how you train for it and remain vital in it. It's going to affect housing, where you live. It's going to affect leisure and recreation. It's going to affect your life expectancy and how, whether you're going to need long-term care insurance. It's going to affect your estate planning. It's going to affect virtually every aspect of your personal finances. And that's why I've written my new book, The Truth About Your Future, the money guide you need now, later, and much later. The book comes out at the end of March. You can pre-order it right now at your favorite bookseller. Send me a copy of your receipt. Send it to book at rickedelman.com, and I'll send you a link to a special video available only to you that'll show you why everything you think about what your future holds is wrong, why it's wrong, and what you need to do today to fix it. The book is getting lots of of advanced praise. David Rose, best-selling author, has said that it is an absolute must-read and indispensable guide for living of the 21st century. should be mandatory reading for everyone who plans to live longer than tomorrow. Get your copy of The Truth About Your Future at your favorite bookseller right now. I'm Rick Edelman. Stay with us for more here on The Rick Edelman Show. 888-PLAN-RICK, online at rickedelman.com. Money doesn't come with instructions. More of your questions coming up on The Rick Edelman Show. I'm Rick Edelman. You're listening to The Truth About Money. Thanks for hanging in there with us this half hour. We're taking more of your telephone calls off to Clayton, California. Anthony's on the phone. How you doing, Anthony? Very good, Rick. Um Thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. Uh, my question is about the required minimum distribution and what I can do now to prepare for it. Now, I'll give you a little bit of my background is both my spouse and I are 67 years old. We're both retired. I filed and suspended my Social Security when I turned 66, so my spouse is now collecting a half of the value of my Social Security. Using some um, online RMD calculators, it appears I'll have to withdraw about $70,000 more per year than I currently do for my IRA, IRA when I turn 70 and a half. And of course, when I turn 70, because I filed and suspended, I will be, begin taking my Social Security. So I'm afraid that all these events will put me in a higher tax bracket when I turn 70 unless I do something about it now. What's the value of the IRAs? The total value of the IRAs is about $2.9 million. Those are rollovers from uh, other retirement accounts at some point, yes? Yes. Got it. Yes, from a 401k and some um, traditional IRAs that I had as well. Got it. And so what's your goal? What's, what's the objective here? 
I guess it would be to probably minimize the tax because I know that um, I'm going to be paying more tax, I guess, when I'm 70 and a half than I currently do now. I'm living comfortably now. and Well, with $2.9 million in the account, I would sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> you mean nobody's having a whole lot of sympathy for you here. You realize this, Anthony. Um, yeah, I, I do. Okay. I do. So what? So you're not using the money predominantly at this point, right? You have income from other sources. I do have income from other sources, but I am I'm taking out about forty two thousand a year right now for my IRA. Why? Why that amount? Because I felt I needed about seven thousand dollars a month to live on, and I needed about thirty five hundred from the IRA gotcha. in order to bring me up to the seven thousand. Gotcha. Okay. So here's the deal: because your account value is two point nine million. Congratulations, by the way. That's fabulous. Very very rare to have uh, seven figures in an IRA. Um, you, you did a great job, uh, you and your wife, uh, in your careers. Uh, it's very difficult for you to do much that in the long run is going to lower your taxes in a material way. Um, okay. what, what you might be able to consider is taking money now, not waiting to age 70 and a half, pulling money out of it now in order to lower the balance of the account, so that you are taking the money over a longer interval than you otherwise would. In other words, let's say you live to age 100. You start taking the money at age 70, so you'd be taking the money over a 30-year period. If you start now, you'd be taking the money over a 33-year period. Right. Big deal. You know, I mean, it's just, yeah. it's not, if you were 50, okay, that, that is something. That's an extra 20 years before your RMD. But you're only three years away from it. So... And you've got 2.9 million. So you'd have to take so much between now and 70 and a half to avoid the Social Security taxation issue you're worried about that you'd be pummeled with the tax now as opposed to being pummeled with the tax in three years. So I, we can run through the math. We can do the pro formas. We can do the calculations. And at the end of the day, I think you're going to discover it doesn't matter a whole lot because the numbers you're dealing with are so big and the amount of time is so short. Right, right. Now, I'm not saying it's yeah. not worth doing the math. Sure, it's worth doing the math. What the heck? We might end up saving you five or ten grand a year in, in taxes or what have you. So, sure, it's worth doing it, but don't expect right. to achieve much. So you wouldn't recommend, let's say, trying to like start now taking some money out of that and putting it into a Roth, like do a Roth conversion? No, 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 no. That's not going to – no, it's because all you're going to do – every dollar you take out of the account now is taxable. Right. You're going to lose 30% or more. Right. To taxes on every dollar you take. So are you sure you want to take it three years sooner than you have to? Right. That's why what's what we need to do the calculations to verify. But I think you're going to discover the taxes are what they are. So here's the attitude I think you should take. Ready? Okay. You have spent forty years having your money grow with no taxes of any kind. That's right. fabulous. Now is simply the time to pay up. Don't lament or regret or be annoyed at the fact that you're going to write big checks as you take the withdrawals. Focus on the fact that you've had 40 years where you didn't. In other words, you've just gone to this fabulous, high-end, wonderfully luxurious restaurant, and you were there for hours. You're getting ready to leave, and they're about to hand you the bill. Right. Don't regret the fact that you just enjoyed yourself. Acknowledge that's the price you pay for the experience. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> in other words, pay the money. In other words, pay the money, and move on. Hold your nose and grin and bear it. And how many other cliches can I give you? But uh, 
So, yeah, we can certainly help you with the calculation and verify to do it as, as efficiently as possible, but there's not that much efficiency to be had. The bigger question, what I'd really rather focus on, is where's that $2.9 million invested? That's the bigger question. What's the return on that investment? What are the risks you're taking with that investment? What are the fees you're incurring with that investment? That's more important. That's going to have a bigger materiality to the outcome than should I take the money at 68 versus 71. I see. Yeah, it makes sense. I understand. So if you'd like, give us a call, 888-PLAN-RICK, same number you dialed um, here today, and we'll be happy to sit down with you and your wife and take a look at the whole schmear. The, the RMD, the timing of it, as well as the asset allocation and all that kind of good stuff. You're a perfect candidate for having this done. Sounds good. Well, okay. thank you very much for your advice, Rick. Really appreciate it. You're very welcome. I appreciate your call, Anthony. Thanks so much. I'm Rick Edelman. This is The Truth About Money. You're listening to The Rick Edelman Show. 888-PLAN-RICK, online at ricedelman.com. More with the host of the PBS TV series, The Truth About Money, coming up on The Rick Edelman Show. Welcome back to the program. Rick Edelman here. Thanks for staying around with us. We're uh, taking a lot of telephone calls today. 888-PLAN-RICK is the number. 888-752-6742. Sue dialed that number. And she's in Swartz Creek, Michigan. Sue, welcome to the program. How are you? Hi, Rick. I'm well, thank you. How can I help? Well, um, I am 48, and my husband is 55. Mm -hmm. He would like to retire at 60, mm -hmm. and I would like to retire at 55. Mm -hmm. He gets a pension. Um, I do. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. We have about currently probably about $1.7 1. in investments mm -hmm. for retirement. Mm -hmm. So my question is, he has an option of taking lesser pension to give me survivor benefits. Right. So, like, and it's a sliding scale. There's 100% survivor, 75% survivor, 50% right. survivor. Right. 
And so I, I, I don't know if it's better to take all the money and invest the difference. Right. But the, the benefits do stop upon his death. Right. And so with my health care insurance, which would be provided by this pension mm-hmm. through him, mm-hmm. um, and then if I predecease him, his benefit would revert back to 100%. No, it won't. Sue, let me explain what's going on here and how to make the decision that is facing you. The, pen, the, the, the decision about the pension is a very important one, obviously, because you only get one chance to do it right. Once your husband makes his election, he can't ever change it. So you want to make sure you get it right. And here's the deal, and here's how it works. When he retires, they will offer him a monthly pension benefit, a monthly check for as long as he lives. And it will be X amount of money. But when he dies, that pension check stops. So if he retires today and is hit by a bus tomorrow, you're done. He, he's gone and that pension is gone with him and you end up with nothing. So to protect the surviving spouse, the company or the employer is willing to say, look, we will give you a check not only for as long as you live, but for as long as you or your wife lives, you or your spouse. And this, since we're going to be paying this out for the duration of two lives, not just one, you know, two people are, can be expected to live longer than one person will, because even though he's hit by a bus, that doesn't mean you are. The amount of, since there'll be a longer life expectancy, the amount of money per check is lower. So the survivor benefit means that the monthly check is less, and how much you receive determines how much less. In other words, are you going to get half of what he was getting? Are you going to get 100% of what he was getting? Something in between, etc. So they give you a bunch of options to, to figure it all out, and here's how to decide what you ought to take. Let's begin with how much money you and your husband spend on a monthly basis. Let's say we come up with that number. Now we take a look at all of the sources of income, excluding the pension. For example, you said there's $1.7 million the two of you have. So we want to figure out how much income can we generate out of the $1.7 million. If you can generate every dollar you need from the $1.7 million, meaning you don't need the pension at all, then we'd probably say take the single life-only pension. Maximize it out. There's no reason for a survivor benefit because it's gravy. It's free money. You don't need it anyway. So whether it survives him or doesn't survive him is academic. On the other hand, if you say, wait a minute, this this $1.7 million is only going to provide us some of what I need, the less it's providing, the more important it is that you get the survivor benefit. And we would generally start at the 100% survivor benefit, meaning whatever my husband was getting, I want the very same amount. I don't want any haircut. Well, that makes sense? Well, my question is that if he's covering our insurance through this pension plan, mm-hmm. which is provide our insurance with Blue Cross until we can get uh, Medicare, then if he did die the next day after he retired, he gets hit by a bus, then it would take the insurance away from me. Which means you now have a new additional expense. So when I said, what are the total expenses you and your husband have? We'd have to take a look at the fact that you'd have a new expense upon his death, the cost of health care. But some other expenses might decline. For example, you don't need two cars anymore. Or maybe you'll downsize the home or whatever. So we need to look at the expenses the two of you have in your current lifestyle and try to guesstimate the level of expenses you'd have if your husband were, in fact, to pass. Because your health costs will go up, but other costs might go down. So we need to figure all that out. Uh, And this is why I'm giving you this general framework as opposed to dealing with specific numbers here, because this is 
you know, we're just on the radio having a casual conversation. And in the, you know, in three or five minutes, I really don't have the luxury of giving you the actual math and the actual result of that mathematical calculation. To do that, we would need to sit down together for a couple of hours. And you know, we've got offices in Michigan uh, near Detroit and in Novi, for example. And so we'd be happy to sit down with you and your husband and go through this financial planning process. That's what the financial planning process is all about, to help you answer such questions as, should we take the single life only pension? Should we take a joint and survivor pension? And if so, is it 100% joint and survivor, 50% joint and survivor? Should we, uh, how should we invest the 1.7 million? How much income can we expect to get out of it? Uh, and so on. So uh, you're a perfect candidate for the going through this financial planning process, but that is how the process works. The um, paper I have here, it says that the survivor benefits include um, health, benefit, health insurance benefits. And then the bottom line says if the beneficiary predeceases the member, the pension will revert to the straight life amount. Okay, great. So does that mean that, does that, is that then it would revert to 100% for him? Based on what you've just told me, but you know what? Those papers are pages long. I'd like to look at everything in detail. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, and it could change in. Uh, yeah, if he's not retired, uh, let alone five years when he's planning to retire. And if there right. are po proposed changes, that could argue for retiring sooner rather than later. And in fact, I'll even take that a step exactly. further. Why is he? In, why isn't he retiring for five more years? We may discover through the financial planning process that the two of you have already accumulated plenty of money to be able to retire right now. Well, that would make me happy. So let's sit down and go through the financial planning process. We might be able to give you some exciting good news. That would really be awesome. Okay. So just do what you did today. Call us at 888-PLAN-RICK and say, hey, I want to get together, sit down and talk about all this, and that's what we'll do. Okay, wonderful. Thank okay. you so much. You're very welcome, okay. Sue. Thank you for calling. I'm Rick Edelman. This is The Truth About Money. There are three subjects that people talk to us about, people ask us about, people express concerns about. Number one... Rick, how do I manage the money in my IRAs and my retirement accounts at work? How do I generate income from my investments in retirement? Number two, Social Security. Rick, how do I make sure that I'm maximizing my Social Security benefits for myself, for my spouse? What do I do if I'm divorced? What do I do if my spouse has deceased? And third, how do I make sure that the money I've worked so hard to accumulate over time goes to my spouse and children the way that we want. Beneficiary designations. Those three subjects, managing the money in your retirement accounts and IRAs, social security benefits, and beneficiary designations are the three of the most popular topics that people ask us about. And so we've got a seminar about it, preparing for retirement, covering those three subjects. We're doing the seminar this Tuesday and Wednesday in the New York area, White Plains, Uniondale, Morristown, 7 p.m. everywhere, in Maryland, Columbia, and Towson, in the D.C. area, Fairfax, and Leesburg. We're doing it again March 7, 8, 9, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 7 p.m. in Florida, California, Chicagoland. We're doing it in Michigan. We're doing it in Salt Lake City. We're doing it in Arizona. We're doing it in Northern Virginia. We're doing it in suburban Maryland. We're doing it in Massachusetts. We're doing it in Connecticut. Get the full seminar schedule online at rickedelman.com. You can register online, $15 a person, $25 a couple, or do it over the phone at 888-PLAN-RICK. Preparing for retirement. Let us help you get it right. Stay with us for more here on The Rick Edelman Show. Triple H, Plan Rick, rickedelman.com.
wealth of information on personal finance, go to the education page at rickedelman.com. Welcome back to the program. I'm Rick Edelman. The Congressional Budget Office has just announced that if no changes are made to the Social Security system, by 2031, benefits are going to have to be cut 31%. Yowie. Uh, here's the good news. I have a solution to the Social Security system. We're going to be introducing it in April, telling you exactly what we believe ought to happen to solve the Social Security crisis in America. There's another crisis in America, and that is the fact, related to Social Security, that we're living longer. The system was never designed to pay people well into their 80s, 90s, and 100s, and yet that's what's happening with longevity thanks to exponential technologies. You want to know what to do about it, how to protect yourself about it? Go pick up a copy. Go pre-order my book, The Truth About Your Future. And it will give you a really good inside look at what your future is likely to be and whether or not you should be relying on Social Security. Hey, let's uh, head uh, to telephones. We're off to Chatham Township, New Jersey. We're talking with Marianne. Chatham. Is it Chatham or is it Chatham? Is it Chatham? I'm from South Jersey. Chatham. Chatham. I knew I was wrong. Yeah. I just didn't know how wrong, Marianne. I'm from South Jersey, not North Jersey. So. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm from Exit 4. Where are you from? Um, it's Exit 10. Exit 10. Yeah, you see, I'm at Exit yeah. 4. And unlike you, I escaped. So we'll just leave it at that. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> many try, few succeed. Um, but it's nice to be talking to a Jersey boy. There you go. You know, see, <laughs> you see, here's the other thing people don't understand about North Jersey and South Jersey. When you were... Uh, younger and went into a bar and they wanted to make sure you were of age what did they say to you what what happened to you they they cart they carded me i'm not sure yeah exactly you got carded right but uh but yeah. no other people they get id'd you got carded uh, oh yeah i didn't know that yes indeed okay. yes indeed and did you go to the beach or the shore well now you it's it's tricky here because i also spent some time in maryland oh that is tricky it's yeah. totally different you see when in, in north jersey in north jersey you go to the beach it's right the shore. it's the shore we see no see we go to the shore but when we're at the shore we go to the beach no oh, yeah right yeah. exactly so, yeah there you go so nobody cares what can i do for yeah, you right. <laughs> but i do <laughs> how can i help well my question is this my uncle made his trust the primary beneficiary of his IRA. Okay. And then after his death in 2015, according to his trust, his wife received the annual net income of the trust. Uh-huh. And then she just passed away in 2016. And uh-huh. so now I'm sort of confused as to what I should be doing. The secondary beneficiaries were his five nieces and nephews. And so I'm wondering, I am the trustee the successor trustee, and okay. I can I distribute his IRA, IRAs to the five beneficiaries? Can I take it as yes. their own? No, yeah, no, 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 no. Since the money went to the trust, uh, there we lose the ability for what's called a stretch out. See, uh-huh. normally when you leave money in an IRA to somebody, they can take the money immediately or they can take the money over the course of their lifetime. That doesn't happen with a trust. When you give the money to uh, a trust instead of a human, then mm-hmm. the, you lose that lifetime stretch-out capability. So uh, the money needs to be distributed. What you need to do is talk with – do you know who the lawyer was who drafted the trust? Uh, yes, but 
uh, we haven't been, we aren't using him. We're using another attorney. Oh, that's fine. Just go to some attorney who has the trust okay. document, okay? Because they're going to need to read it. And they're okay. going to need everybody's dates of death. They're going to need the name, your uncle's date of death and your aunt's date of death. And mm-hmm. they're going to need to know how much money is in the trust and where the money is that's in the trust mm-hmm. and where is it being held uh, and who the trustee is, who the beneficiaries are. And then they will be able to give you the proper legal advice. And along with that is tax advice as to when to make distributions and who to make the distributions to. But the short answer okay. is short answer yeah. is I'm willing to bet the lawyer's going to say, kill the trust, distribute all the money right now to the five heirs. Okay. But if I can't kill the trust yet, because of other extenuating circumstances, can I like still what? distribute? Wait, wait, the... wait, wait, wait! What kind of other extenuating circumstances? Um, there's there may be a dispute between who? Of, amongst the beneficiaries. About what? Not, and not about the IRAs. But well, then it doesn't matter. In other words, the trust is a standalone entity. If you're uh-huh. telling me that there are other assets that the aunt and uncle had, and yeah. there's a dispute over who gets those. That- uh, not so much who gets those, but just, um, yeah, there's just some come on, come on, Come on, Marianne. <laughs> Let's be a little more forthcoming. What is the dispute? Um, uh, one of the beneficiaries is um, questioning, I don't know how to, I don't know. It's just he's making, he's just making a legal battle over things. Okay. Not, or he is threatening to make a legal battle. So I'm just wondering... All right. You know, so get I mean, so. All right. So you want to do? Accounting. I might have to do a judicial trust accounting, which could take a longer time, and so therefore, the trust itself may uh, take a longer time. Okay. So I'm just so, wondering about the IRAs. All right. Well, there are no IRAs. The money was went from the IRAs into the trust. So you're saying I can't do anything about because you know the, because I'm told that the trust is going to be paying a, a really high. Yeah. Tax rate. Yeah. So I. So the only way I can get that money out is to disband the trust immediately right. within the next year. That's why I told you to distribute the money from the trust to the heirs because the heirs are in a lower tax bracket than the trust. If the money stays in the trust, the trust pays the tax, and that's a high bracket. If the money leaves the trust, goes to the heirs, the heirs pay the tax, and they are in a lower bracket than the trust. The heirs would rather pay the tax themselves than have the trust pay it on their behalf. I can't separate the IRAs. From the rest of the trust is what you're saying. There are no IRAs anymore. You said upon death, the uncle's IRA went into the trust. Right. It says it's an inherit, but it is listed separately on the account. This is a trust asset. Oh, okay. All right. So here's the real question you have to ask your lawyer. All right. I'm going to change all my other answers before about what you had to tell your lawyer. Now, Uh since you're telling me that there's a legal issue, a legal challenge... Possibly. Possibly. Uh-huh. Here's what you want to ask the lawyer. Do I, Marianne, as trustee of the trust, have any personal liability regarding my services as trustee? I, mean, I know the answer to that. What's the, the answer? The answer to that is no. Okay. Because if the answer is yes, you resign immediately. <laughs> you want nothing to do with this party. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm covered All right. um, because... Okay. Um, but see, that's the issue. The issue yeah. is that I am the trustee and the other party. is. Well, you know what I always say about estate planning? If you have an enemy, name them your trustee. Because it's, oh. th- it's a thankless, horrible <laughs> task, isn't it? 
It is a thankless, horrible task, and I was trying to be so good about it. I know, and so was your aunt and uncle. And in fact, they knew you were such a nice person. That's why they named yeah. you. It's not because you're the right. oldest. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then I have to just disband the trust. Okay. No, I didn't say that. I said go to oh, your lawyer and let your lawyer tell you to do that. I'm not a lawyer. I don't give legal advice. Oh, okay. I'm telling you that's what your lawyer's going to tell you. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm Thank so, you. I, you're very welcome. I'm sorry you're going through this problem with the family. It happens all too often, and uh, yeah. I just wish it didn't, but it, it does. Yeah, it's kind of sad. It really is, because, you know, now Thanksgiving is going to be ruined for everybody, and it's just, you know, it's just <laughs> right. a mess. Yeah. Okay. All right, Marianne. That's why I, you know, we have in our seminar that we're doing right now around the country pre- preparing for retirement, an entire section, about a third of the seminar, is on estate planning. It's on how to distribute assets. How do you name a beneficiary? Uh, and these issues, the mistake people make when they're dealing with their estate planning is that they fail to make sure that the one asset they are passing down is peace. They fussing over who gets what and what's the asset, who's the account registration. And at the end of the day, The number one job is to retain peace in the family as best as possibly can be done. And the best way to accomplish that, open communication in the family. What the aunt and uncle did in Mary Ann's case was deliberate. They had a reason for it. They had intentions. And I'm suspecting that they might not have communicated those thoughts to everyone in the family, causing one member of the family, at least, to threaten a lawsuit. And it ain't the aunt and uncle they're suing because they're gone. They're suing their fellow heirs, their siblings, their cousins, and it's just a mess. So uh, if you need help with understanding how all this works, our seminar, Preparing for Retirement, right up your alley. Um, you can register online, $15 a person, 25 a couple. You can do it over the phone as well at 888-PLAN-REC. Um, you can also read uh, The Truth About Money, part, uh, I don't know, I think it's part 14, is on estate planning and covers all this in greater detail to help make sure that you and your family members are not setting the family up for stage for massive fights. I'm Rick Edelman. This is The Rick Edelman Show. Thanks for joining us here on the program this week. If we can help you, call us at 888-PLAN-REC. Call us at 888-752-6742. And I'll see you again right here next week. The truth about money every weekend on the Rick Edelman Show. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.